Fenton. Fenton. <laughs> My friend, how are you? Mate, I'm doing exceptionally well. Brought the rain with me. You did. The Victoria. I was chatting with someone in Victoria today. The sun was out and I'm sitting here on the Gold Coast. And uh, <laughs> It's beautiful. I almost got a tan yesterday. Look at that. Unbelievable. Come up here. Every single time I've been in Queensland for the last six times it's rained. But, right. Well, you are the rainmaker in more ways than one, and not just to do with uh, with the rain. But uh, welcome, folks. Welcome to another Wealth, Wine and Wisdom uh, live here in the studio. Great to have you, brother. Mate, great to be up here. In the flesh. Good to get the real glasses out. Too. Yes. Uh, Andy has uh, selected the, the, the wine out of my wine fridge today and done a good job. Got out the fancy wine glasses, folks. So... Um, we're trying to do something fancy, but uh, <laughs> there's a few people on, I think, I can see right now. So uh, good to see a few guys. Hey, Belinda, good to see you. Aaron and uh, Facebook user, whoever you are, let us know in the chat. We can see you over here. We've got a screen up, so uh, good to see you guys on. Welcome to another um, Wealth, Wealth Wine and Wisdom, Wisdom, my friend. Right. Plenty been going on in between, in between drinks, and, um, you know, we'll get into that in a minute. No, it's been unbelievable. It was almost like the news just dissipated. Yes. And then all of a sudden the last week is just blowing up. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, uh, let us know where you're coming in from. We've got uh, Jeff popping by. Mate, always good to see you, Jeff. Lino, uh, fantastic to have you here too. Thank you for joining us today. And um, Jared, hey, you're back. Hey, tell us what your uh, what your selection is today, folks. Andy's got us a nice... Uh, 2009. You tell everyone about it, Andy, because I'd probably just hack it up. <laughs> this is this is one of the ones that you grabbed from the Barossa Valley. Yes, yes. Nine Popes. Uh, I can't tell you that joke. <laughs> I can't do it. PG, but, mate, PG. Yeah, maybe later on after the kids are asleep. But Nine Popes from uh, Charles Mel- Melton. It's a beautiful drop. It's a Barossa. It's part of the Chairman's Club down there. Yep. And, uh, mate, it's actually really, really good. Uh, probably would have been better if you didn't freeze it. Uh, uh, well, first, I... but, <laughs> uh, you know, a Shiraz slushy is uh, is as good as the next drink for the next person. <laughs> but man, that's a cracker drop. Um, I'm very, very impressed. Thank so... you. Well, uh, um, hopefully, as it uh, as it airs or whatever, uh, it gets better over time, as, it? as it warms back up. Uh, it warms back up. But uh, we've got a bunch on here. Someone in from Avoca Beach. How are you? Good to see you, David. Uh, Tom. Um, yeah, for, uh, there's a big yes for the Barossa. We've got uh, Katrine, um, Katrine here. Hubby's gone to get some wine. Well, that's good, Katrine, <laughs> because you certainly need some wine when it comes to the Wealth Wine and Wisdom afternoon chats, mate. But um, uh, some of you may know already. If you're new, let us know if you're new in the chat. Um, fantastic to have you join us. Andy and I started the, the Wealth Wine and Wisdom chats almost on a Friday, almost three years ago now. and um, Many of you guys have been joining us uh, on those Friday afternoons. It started because of COVID, folks, um, and we thought, well, we can't get out and uh, <laughs> see you physically. Uh, well, well, I could be. Well, I could go anywhere. <laughs> you were in Victoria. We won't, we won't rub that in the Victorians' uh, wounds. We'll eat the salt, but uh, we couldn't get out and see you guys, uh, so we decided to do a bit of a live. Really, to be honest, after being uh, like, totally exhausted at the end of a week and Andy and I would sit around having a wine and chatting about, shit, what do we do? Yeah. My world of real estate, your world of business and finance. And the legislation was dropping, dropping, dropping. And uh, and really, and we haven't told this story for a while, but what ended up happening was we, we would get 
together just naturally at the end of the week and yeah. go, what the fuck is going on? Like, wow. And, I, and I'd say, Jace, what's your take on all the new legislation, of which there was, you know, 20, 30, 40 pages of new stuff. Yeah. Um, and and it was just constantly coming. I'd say, what's your take? And you'd give me yours, I'd give you my take. Strategically, how do we utilise that as business owners, investors? Um, and then we'd go into our individual communities and we would film videos and but by the time we filmed them, they were out of date. And um, so many changes happening so fast. And so we decided, well, to hell with it. We'll just we'll just have the conversation live. Um, and that's really what this has all been about. And it's been about sharing information. I was actually chatting with somebody today about. It. He's going, what, what do you mean you don't monetize this thing? He's got do you advertise it? I said no. <laughs> and, uh, and and yeah, it's just not the purpose of it. It's really just. It started off to share information and help people navigate their way through what was incredibly challenging times. And now. Yeah. Uh, it's been more of helping people make sense of what to listen to uh, or providing some context uh, to what is really sensationalist stuff because I think one thing that COVID did was just put the mega lens on everything. Yeah. And it's like everything now has to be massive. Like yeah. how do you beat COVID if you're the news? How do you beat it? Yeah. You yeah. just And all of a sudden this created what I think now we've sort of coined as clickbait journalism, Yeah, which is scary. And also, too, folks, you know, let us know in the chat, you know, how you managed through throughout COVID. Did did you sail through or did, uh, you know, was it a bit rough for you? Because many people had a rough time of it financially and there were so many sort of, you know, hand grenades and landmines for, for people financially. And Andy and I wanted to try and make as much sense of it as possible for ourselves, our clients and our community, and then share it with you guys really at the end of the day. So that's what these afternoons are about. That's what these Fridays are about. As the day wears on, as the wine gets uh, gets consumed, <laughs> I think there's less wisdom and there's more wine, but who knows? Who knows? Um, but uh, thank you for joining us, folks. Fantastic to have you guys here with us and uh, sharing, um, you know, this Friday afternoon. Uh, as it says on the bottom, uh, there's a bit of a rough run sheet for the show. We usually sort of debrief what's been in the news in the last week try and make some sense of it. My world of real estate, your world of finance, financial planning, banking, um, and, uh, you know, maybe talk about some things you should know, perspective, and uh, answer some questions, folks. So if you've got any questions. Whack them in now yeah. and uh, we'll do our very best to get to them. We missed a few of them last week, so if there's carryover questions from last week, yeah. make sure that you slot them in there now if we haven't already answered them. Jason quite often answers a lot of them in the Wealth Coffee Chats in the morning as well. Morning. Well, we've got some people talking about interest rate rises and we'll talk about that, um, you know, indirectly and directly over today as well. Uh, yeah, and like Andy said, stay tuned to some of the stuff that we both do after Fridays and during the week, um, you know, we, we answer those sort of questions as well. But um, we've got Jeff. Uh, Jeff got himself, he's putting towards saving the Queensland budget. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Jeff paid his $431 fine. Uh, oh, good work, Jeff. That's well, the way. They're coming down up here. <laughs> Must have been for 3Ks over the limits. Uh, big shout out to you, David and Tom and uh, and uh, a few guys. Uh, who's coming in? Happy Friday from Simon in Newcastle. Simon, great. for Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, welcome along. Andy, what's going on in the news for you and your world? I know there's plenty going on and uh, you and I were just trying to uh, collate what we would talk about today. There's a few big ones though and uh, really, you know, my world is is actually 
slowing down a little, and I think your world's sort of speeding up a little bit. Your space is getting a bit more attention at the moment. So why don't you kick off the day? Uh, shall I go and share your iPad? Let's jump. We'll, jump we'll, we'll dive into it, right? Uh, as always, ladies and gents, got a little <laughs> bit of a, a question, an anecdote. Uh, what we thought uh, is uh, uh, hold us to it if we forget because <laughs> there's a good <laughs> chance. Uh, but we've got a question coming soon, uh, and we, we're, we're going to give away a little bit of a prize, potentially one of the nine popes, uh, not the people, uh, <laughs> the, the wine. Uh, one is more coveted probably than the other one. But uh, the, question, the first question I have, this isn't the prize press question, but this is a, a bit of a warmer-upper, a bit of a teaser, and we'll maybe get to it a little bit later. But I'd love your feedback. Uh, what do politicians and magicians, what do they have in common? Put it in the chat, folks. Andy, Andy loves these little jokes and, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to be a dad soon, so he's warming up with his, warming up with his dad jokes. It's good. <laughs> I th- well, I think that's the first public announcement. About oh, really? Oh. As well. Hey, Mags. <laughs> Father to be really uh, soon, I mean, real soon. <laughs> yeah, so looking forward to it. But uh, but this was I. We we had a pop at the the uh, the the Fin Review last week. Yeah. Sort of because the Fin Review has been boy, it's been publishing some opinion trash in our, in our <sighs> beliefs and clickbait. Uh, and since then, mate, it seems like they've 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 done done hockey as something that the financial review should have covered. Uh, the national men's hockey team is defending uh, a six record Commonwealth Games gold medals. Um, mate, amazing. Um, nobody liked it. Uh, <laughs> I looked down here, so I thought I'd better jump in. Uh, oh, hang on, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm the first. Good, good work, Fenton. <laughs> so, so I was the first one to jump in there. I like it, but it's good. Good that they're getting back to their uh, their their grassroots and talking about things that they know about. Great to see. Uh, uh, this one I thought was very topical. Uh, just, just so everyone knows, folks, a little sort of go back, go back to that article, Andy. The reason Andy liked this is a. Uh, a very uh, high-level hockey player played for Australia, Andy Fenton. Once upon a once time. Once upon a time. Once upon uh, a you time. can tell. You can tell. High-level competitor. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> it's like it's drifting <laughs> the wrong way at the moment. I'll give you a wiggle hard <laughs> There you go. Uh, I think Katrine's answer was perfect. Both are fake. <laughs> I love it. Good work, Katrine. Oh, uh, and yeah. Jeff goes, both use illusions. Hey, that's not bad. And, and someone else said smoke and mirrors both use. Anyway, I like that. It's yeah, getting pretty yeah, close. Yeah, it's getting yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Uh, but this one I thought was um, an interesting one, and I've, I've so- somehow managed to cut it off here, but Penfold's boss says that consumers are buying more expensive wines uh, as it's less because they've got less money to spend, so they're spending on better quality. Wow. Now, this goes to a conversation that you and I are having about yeah. setting up a wine fund because one yes. thing that we love as investors uh, and, it, and what I'm learning about the property game is scarcity is, is a massive, uh, almost nothing trumps scarcity. Mm. It's the big one. In investing yeah, in general. It's yeah. definitely true in, in my game. Yeah. Like a demanded IPO goes for sometimes light years beyond what it should yeah. and it very quickly comes back down to normal. Yeah. Um, and an IPO is an initial public offering. So by saying that, I mean like when Tesla sort of launched, uh, well, this isn't exactly the way that it happened, but just imagine Elon Musk's profile as he has now if he launches a company takes it public he could build up so much momentum but if there are only a hundred stocks in that company they'd go for ridiculous prices right so scarcity is 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 an incredible uh, driver of price right and so what we're seeing now in the in the wine industry is we're seeing that well all wine basically as soon as it's made there is no more of that wine made 
for that year. Well, but I mean, you know, the great part about it is it's like, okay, it's the 1990, it's the 91, whatever. It's the 2009. 2009. Pope. Nine popes. <laughs> Not just one of them. All nine of them. <laughs> all nine of them in there. Cleared of everything. So what's so, the point then is this? Um, so, <laughs> so inflation's actually pushing the price of wine up. So we were talking about the wine. Right. Fund. The wine fund, uh, the the index is actually tracking extraordinarily. Is it well is now. it pushing it beyond inflation? So well, so but this is a quality discussion as well. Yeah. Right. So there's a flight to quality. Uh huh. Right. And I'm I'm assuming the same in real estate happens all the time. Same I've got some stocks. good stories about this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This is a great analogy of what happens in times like these. People don't exit markets. People exit poor quality. Mm. So people aren't buying the 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 two dollar. Bacon bits. Hear that, folks? Actually, do you know what happens, Andy? Um, a little one for real estate folks. Have Check this out. What happens in tough times? Tell me right now uh, in the market, uh, what happens when the tough market comes along with real estate and you're forced to sell? Which one can you sell in, in a shit market? Which one can you sell for the right price? A good quality p- piece of real estate or a rubbish quality piece of real estate? Tell me that in the chat because it's a. now you say this, in real estate, if you need to liquidate when the markets are a bit slow, Ooh. the only one that you can actually sell without either a loss or taking a dusting or for the right price, boom, Chris is on it. Quality yeah, ones, folks. That is the like the flip side of, of this game because if you end up being forced to sell in a poor market, you have to sell your quality real estate. You can't liquidate See, my, your shit my, real estate. My head went the opposite <laughs> way. I'm going, I'm going to get rid of the, the, the shit stuff because I want to keep the good stuff because I know that that'll maintain its value. But you're saying that that's because it's the only one that's maintaining its value. That's the one if you're forced to sell, you have to sell the good Well, stuff. if you want to get cash out, right, yeah. if you want to liquidate, you want to, you want to cash up. Because otherwise you're going to get pants. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, your equity was 100 grand five minutes ago and now it's only 20 grand and so on because yeah. those markets change, as all markets do. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Interesting one. Good, good, good conversation. Right. And, uh, and, and prudent. Yeah. For yeah. today. Yeah. And, and, and in, well, <laughs> there you go. Well, it's interesting, you know, uh, what our preference would be, and maybe I didn't ask the question properly because there was a couple of uh, mixed answers, is you would prefer to get rid of, rid of the rubbish one and keep the better one. And every yep. day of the week. Yeah, that's what you'd prefer. I've been in this position where I've been squeezed. Mm. My equity or my value or the selling volume of those types of real estate, maybe the B-class one or even the C-class one, happened to me. I bought lots of cash flow real estate. And when the market turned on cash flow, my my capital value turned as fast. Yeah. So I couldn't liquidate the capital out of it. So I had to sell my good properties that had equity, but they were low cash flow. So anyway, I derailed your conversation, but well, I thought there was a. It's, it's yeah. interesting because in in equity markets, it almost happens the same way, but reverse. Yeah. Right. Because the growth stocks, like yeah. the tech stocks, yeah. which are getting smashed to smithereens right now, apart from Tesla. Yeah. Um, coincidentally enough. They don't have great cash flow. Mm. So in times like this, you go to higher quality, which is high cash flow. Yeah. Ongoing income streams, higher guarantee that's of, of income. Yeah. So it's kind of the same, but the op- for, for the opposite reason. Oh, mate, that's how we can be complimentary. No, we can. Hey? <laughs> There's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> My question is, why could you skin a cat? <laughs> I always wonder where those things come from. Hey, did you know this is, this is an interesting one? Folks, does anyone know where Dutch courage comes from? Dutch courage comes from. 
Hey, put this in the chat. This is where, where do sayings come from? And, and anyway, anyway, we're getting a bit distracted today. Anyway, this is a, this is something this is you what should know. When we get together. <laughs> Format goes out. This is a, this is a thing you should know, Andy. Where did Dutch courage from? How how did? Now I haven't double checked this uh, this uh, this allegedly. this data allegedly. Oh, it comes from yeah, it comes from Holland, right? It comes from the Dutch. <laughs> Good work, Bob. Actually, I, that was I a, love that because when we did that earlier, Jason said, uh, so where do you think the most amount of, uh, or am I going to steal something from later on? I don't know, but but but, but let's leave it, right? right okay, I'm probably going to steal something. All right, something. the saying, all right, Bob was on it. It came from, from uh, Holland. Uh, but the saying Dutch courage comes from, where does Dutch courage come from? The saying. If I had to pontificate, I'd go that there was potentially a large conflict uh, in Holland at some point in time, and they drank a lot in order to be able to have ben, small masses Benton. take on big masses. Hey, he's a smart fellow with deduction. So supposedly, as the story goes, the Dutch used to brew um, or distill uh, 90 proof. Um, moonshine. Like a. Still do. A gin. Yeah, 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 moonshine. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. what the they would do? Thing in yeah, 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 yeah. Remember we were talking about it last week. Yeah. The alcohol taxes up well, here. Well, so they it, brewed their own. Yeah, so they they ninety proof, and so every soldier was given a bottle of ninety proof before they would go into battle. They'd have a swig of Dutch courage. They would go into some wow. alcohol stupor. They weren't great shots. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anyway, anyway, we're not talking about alcohol. We're talking about. <laughs> But, and, and we're going somewhere with this. We are leading yeah. in. We, we, this is actually probably more structured than many of them. <laughs> but uh, this, this, and this is more over in your neck of the woods. Bro. Yeah. Uh, but Martin Place is tying itself up in insulation. Well, it's, it's a bit half and half because it's a lot to do with the, the real estate world. But Martin Place is tying itself up in intellectual knots. I think that's kind of ironic sometimes. Really, but, uh, <laughs> Would that be an oxymoron? <laughs> Would that be an oxymoron? <laughs> uh, no, I love Mr. Lowe. He's wonderful. Um, 25 likes. Uh, <laughs> Rationalising rate hikes based on rubbery forecasts. What are you and I been waxing lyrical on for a long time? Transitory inflation yeah. versus real inflation yeah, yeah. versus should this be going up? And and this is this this we've got this peppered throughout a theme for today about the Reserve Bank. Uh, but ultimately, we're we're all experiencing it, right? Rate hikes. Yep. They they had the wonderful headline today: double rate hikes. What the hell is a double rate hike? Like there is no standard rate hike. There, it's, <laughs> it's not like a rate hike is 15 basis points. Right? There's, they can raise it by five basis points, which is 0.05%. They can raise it by 10. But the, the, the articles that you're reading, double rate hikes, it's, it's unbelievable. But this is a, a real thing that's happening at the moment. And Jim Chambers uh, has actually moved uh, pretty oh, – well, hang on. Sorry, that's a bit out. Oh, hang on. That's – I'm not sure whether that's Jim Chambers or not. I think there's a, there's a striking resemblance. Um, I've got to get off him. Uh, it's stuck there, Fender. There we go. Right, there he is. Chambers, so this this is uh, – well, I'm pretty sure his head might have ended up, up Mr. Lowe there by the looks of me. Looks, he's like, hang on. He's hang a on. Bit, hang he's on, a, Jim. He's a bit this, shocked. This, this isn't what we agreed on when we met last time. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, this is the uh, the chair of the, the Reserve Bank of Australia. And uh, so this is one of my big themes uh, that we'll talk about perhaps, you know, in things that you should know. But ultimately, uh, there's this big focus, right, on um, 
uh, on the Reserve Bank of Australia right about now. When when I said uh, you know what uh, well I said what's the difference between magicians and politicians? Well, some of the things that they have in common <laughs> is they both use sleight of hand. Mm. Look over mm. here while they diddle you over here, intentionally used, right? Uh, and in my view, uh, you know, Jim calling, and I'm not sure whether it was Jim, I, I was trying to find who actually was the, the leader of this review into the, the Reserve Bank. But ultimately, for those of you who don't know, the Reserve Bank sets the cash rate. And we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks. The only rate really that's set by a person, a person. or by a group yeah. uh, is the cash rate. And that happens all around the, the Western world. Right now, they have a mandate, and a mandate basically says that they, and that's set by the politicians uh, and by review boards. Uh, there's multiple sequences to it. I won't just put the pollies in there, um, but ultimately, that that is set, that mandate is set, and then they have to operate within their mandate, and they're not allowed out of it. Mm. It's not like if you go 65 in a 60 zone, you get a fine. No. It's like you like Jeff. Not, <laughs> <laughs> like Jeff, uh, who went 61 in a Queensland 60 zone and uh, got a $500 fine. Thank you very much. That uh, That's Labor policy coming in now. But um, uh, ultimately, they're given a mandate, right? So the Reserve Bank at the moment in Australia has one of the most flexible mandates in the world. Well, it's an interesting question because Bob asked, you know, do they just copy the Fed? Um, and oh, yeah. well, you know, you're very cynical, Bob, <laughs> and probably right. Uh, they're, they're, they're a reasonably large part, I mean, sort of leading indicator. And I guess it's permission, isn't it? Oh, well, I mean, if John's they, doing it, they, they have been the largest economic force, you know, around for a, a long time. That that could be coming to an end in the next decade or so. Well, okay. um, we'll yeah, collecting jots or yeah, dots yeah, or yeah. Dots. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, so our mandate is more flexible, right? Yeah. So, uh, two to three percent inflation—that's mm. a target. Yeah. Right. There's also an employment target uh, and general welfare of the Australian population. So, the mandate is actually a lot broader. Very different to other countries. It's like, okay, it's keep inflation. inflation under control. That's it. That's all you, your job is. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So now this this inquiry or this review, uh, and put it into the chat if you know of any ro- uh, royal inquiry. Or review that the, the the government has put into anything, whether it be aged care, banking, that's made the world a better place. Yeah, put that into the chat. Yeah, uh, or uh, or if you can't think of one, just put did not, and then put all <laughs> the ones that you know about, like all the ones that are just mentioned. So this is where I go to the sleight of hand thing, and we were having a bit of a chat off camera yes. before. Yeah, the politicians are going. Well, we've got we're going to raise taxes. They're going to raise taxes. They're, they're, they're going to be, like in my world, um, it's in the worst property-supplied market I've ever seen in 22 years. It's a disaster. Um, you know, the first-home buyer world, first-home buyers, you know, no, no chance other than the banker mum and dad. We'll talk about that later. Oh, you know? you, you'll get an extra subsidy just to push up the price. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. let's give away free money and see what that does, you know, <laughs> far out, you know. Makes you look like gin there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, low, sorry. Well, and if you get in early, well, hey, happy days, but, you know, the late, the late person comes in now two years later when everyone got between fifty dollars and $80,000 of free benefits from the government. What's that done? It's all that's done is just pushed up prices. Which which is kudos to you because yeah. I remember when we were running the first ones of these Wine and Wisdoms uh, at the beginning of COVID 
And one of the one of the things that we, we agreed on, so Jason, let's because I'm licensed, let's make sure we don't say anything that gets me into trouble. Uh, and, and Jason's there, like, all right, all right. Well, so here's my prediction on property, guys. I'm like, what? And Jason just got his double down straight away. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to jail. And uh, because you're like, all of these new measures, there's a property shortage. And I'm like, but dude, we're in a pandemic. Like, shit is going. He's like, nah, it's going up, it's going up, it's going up. People got to live somewhere. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess there's some, you know, insights into some basic fundamentals around yeah, that. Yeah. But what has property done in that in that meantime? And yeah. some of that was the stimulus me- measures. That well, it really lit the fire, right? It lit <sighs> the fire. Yeah. And you yeah. called it because as soon as that happened, all of a sudden, almost in a month, things went up 10%. Yeah. Totally. And it, I mean, supply supply in and of itself doesn't cause those problems. But we had supply, we had low interest rates. Free we had, checks. Yeah, free money. We had low supply, free money, a large buildup of people who hadn't entered the market they were wanting to. Scared of missing out. Yeah, cheapest money we'd ever seen in our entire lives. Like all these things lined up and it's like, crikey. Yeah, boom, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So does that have anything to do with the Reserve Bank? <laughs> well, well, someone who might be a little bit cynical might say that uh, it might be, you know, hey, they don't want to face the music of their mismanagement. I personally believe that that stimulus was the, was the, was the, the spark that led to the problem we have now in our real estate space. No supply, poor market. Property prices extremely high because of that temporary free money giveaway stimulation, all sorts of things. Like, so they don't want to face the music, Andy. That's what I'm like. They're like, hey, hot potato, you know what we should do? We should investigate the RBA or put a, you know, something over there because people are going to have some challenges that we don't want to be accountable for, which they should be. Whose fault was it? Let's distract it. Like, RBA, you know, it's, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's you even know? got a good ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> Whose fault was it? It was the RBA's RBA's, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the beauty is that nobody yeah. will know what the fuck that means. Yeah. No. Well, that's it. Hey, what are you doing about interest rates, uh, you know, politician? Oh, we're... We've got the uh, the, the RBA thing. The inquiry's the RBA, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, yeah. 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 You watch it, folks. It'll be a, it'll be a piss take. And like what Bob said, another friggin' taxpayer waste of money doing royal commissions. What came from the royal commission? The APRA royal commission. Two fifths and nothing. Matter of fact, what it did is it actually reduced and took really important people out of the world. You're in my world. Yeah. Um, the, the financial planning industry right now has, ha- has the least amount of financial planners ever. I think it's almost half. Halved. Halved financial planners for, for, the, for the Australian population. Less people today have a financial planner than they did five years ago. What a fucking disaster. <laughs> there's right? more laws. Yeah, and there's more laws. How's this shit? Like, get this, folks. I, I'll get fired up. Fuck with this stuff. Yeah, excuse the French. Now, less financial planners. <laughs> Less Australians getting financial advice, cost fucking more, and now the financial planners are on the hook for nothing, right? It's, they, they absolutely poleaxed the industry. It was actually a budding industry and it could have turned into something amazing and they, you know, effed it. And yeah. over in my space, brokers, finance brokers, got treated the same. The banks bloody made all the, uh, were the, were the 
Allegedly. The allegedly. Ones, well, possibly. They, well, they Maybe. only got fined, what, $400 million for allegedly doing something. But anyway. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, one, that's yeah. one bonus check. That was one bonus check. Yeah. So, But the, so, the, the investors paid for that. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That and then, you know, brokers who represent an individual really well by saying, hey, which is the best loan out of 113 loans on the market, or 113 lenders, the ones ended up being targeted to take their, their income away. It's like, what? How did that happen? Anyway. Then that, so basically what Jace is saying is that they, they were going to remove, they were trying to remove commissions from brokers because that's how mortgage brokers get uh, paid. Remunerated. And so a mortgage, the reason why you go to a mortgage broker is the mortgage broker can look at everyone or depending on their license or their aggregator, but many of them can look at most of the industry. At and, least 30 to 40%. Compare yeah, yep. 20, 30 different places where you can get your loan and go, that's going to suit you the best and that's going to give you the, the best rate. So they wanted to try and they, oh, geez, they were close to getting close, it done. That, very, very yeah, close. Yeah. Which would have meant that all mortgage brokers would cease to exist and then what happens? Banks are back in town, they mate. To Banks go, make more you money. you a loan, you yeah. have to go in through the front door and boom through the banks. Yeah. Yeah. So, mate, I tell you what, I think it's um, an absolute uh, smoke and mirrors job right now. Personally, I think that's like, you know, waste of bloody taxpayers' money. That is it. Oh, you know? totally. yep. how, to, how, to, yep. how to throw another pea in the soup and, and never taste it. Yeah. And for those of you not, uh, who are not familiar, uh, which many people aren't because these are kind of economic terms, but I think it's important to know this right now because you're going to see a lot of this. Uh, it, at the moment, they're showing me the right hand, so yep. I, sorry, left hand, so I'm looking at the right. Um, now, monetary policy, that is the reserve bank, bank setting the cash rate to control how quickly the economy grows or how quickly it slows. Raise interest rates, it slows the economy, less money in people's pockets. Lower interest rates, can't really do much there. And why would they want to slow that money, Andy? Because they want to control inflation, folks, right? They, that's that's, that's that, the that's idea. Their measure, yeah, that's their right? measure. Yep. That's their key measure, but they yep. do have a little bit more broader mandate. So then fiscal policy is <laughs> fiscal, it's just a funny word, uh, but fiscal policy. <laughs> moving on, Andy, moving on. <laughs> fiscal policy is, uh, fiscal policy is essentially the, how the government spends its budget, right, in order to create long-term growth for the, for the industry. So it's like what? the CFO or the CEO of, a, of an organisation. We're building a train, train line or something, fiscal policy. And, and that creates jobs. Billions into schools. Creates you know, taxes. Yep, yep. Um, so that's kind of running a business, right? Um, so what well, yeah, I mean, it's the business of running the country, right? It's the business of running yep. the country. What's our infrastructure? What are our assets? Let's build them. Let's yep. get the balance sheet under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So here's, 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 here's the rub, right? So yeah. what's happening now is that, so this is the politicians, right, that's sitting over fiscal policy, and this is the, this is the business of Australia, biz of Australia. The budgets of Australia and the politicians, that's, that's their court. That's what they're in charge of. And one would say, mate, that is the biggest influence of how the country goes. 100%. Yeah. In, in my business and in your business, yeah. it doesn't matter what interest rates do, our business has to survive regardless, yes. right? Yep. No. So this part, while important, this part is the most important. Yeah. So let's just have a look at a track record. Um, let me just uh, jump into here. You do that. Um, we've got someone who's keen. Andy, check this out. Um, whoever you are, hello. You're showing up as Facebook user. You must be one of the groups, but uh, they're looking forward to meeting you this week, Andy. 
Can't good, wait to catch up. Good to see. What are that we looking at here, Andy? Yeah. So, so this this is one of my favourites. This is a debt clock. <laughs> is this Australia's debt? This is Australia's oh, debt. Oh, shiver me timbers. Look at this. If Jason and I ran businesses, if any of you out there ran businesses like this, uh, well, you you wouldn't exist. You'd probably either be shot uh, or you'd be in jail or you'd be digging yourself out of a very, very big hole. You can't run a, a company like this. But what so what we're going to do here is uh, so let me find let me find the top line. Here we go. Let me see if I can get the math right on this. Eight trillion five hundred nineteen billion forty three million nine. Well, uh, no, forty four million. <laughs> so let's see. How, so uh, what a, we're going to do? A million a minute. We're we're, we're going to take a snapshot of this right now. And so by the end, and what I want you to do is I want you to put in the chat now, by the end of this session, which is roughly around about uh, half an hour away, what do you reckon that debt clock is going to show? Right. Show us that. Yeah. What do you think that's put actually going to read? <laughs> Whack it in the chat. Are we really, really interested? The closest person, we'll try and get your details. And you might have to remind us. And we'll send you out one of the nine popes <laughs> or even one of the bottles. Yeah. Um, but my point being here, Jase, is have a look at this, and I'm not talking Liberal or Labor. We're agnostic, really, yeah, because yeah. they're so close to each other. They're all, you know, in the same boat. But ultimately, look, this is our government debt. This is our national debt. This is our state and local government debt. Uh, this, look, the state and local governments are really actually doing some of the best jobs. Well, I was going to say, um, oh, um, is Brandon here? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Brandon. Good to see you, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon's back. It's been a little while. Good to see it's you, mate. Creepers. Uh, I hope you've got some Kleenex. <laughs> well, we've got Chris chucking something in there. But, um, you know, uh, a quick pop question. I think I asked this once before. Which there's only one state in Australia that doesn't actually have a state there. Which one is it? Folks, put that in the, put that in the chat. There's a state in Australia, one of Australia's, States. Territory, isn't it? No, it's not. Oh, hey, oh Andy, they're trying to trick you. No, it's not a territory. So now you've only got five to choose from. <laughs> See, he's like, he's, uh, he's, he knows how to roll this, but uh, put that in the chat. Bobbery knows this. I think I cast this the other day. It's Western Australia. They're actually in a surplus. Oh, of course. Yeah. They've yeah. still got debt. They've, They've got, still got debt, yeah. but they're in a surplus budget. Surplus budget, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's, a, that's my little <laughs> <laughs> out of there, Bob. Yeah, uh, well, it's interesting, right? Um, I do know that uh, WA has tried to, um, uh, what's it called, secede from Australia yeah. once or twice before. <laughs> I, reckon, uh, I reckon they'll end up digging, <laughs> digging, a, digging a moat right digging, down. Digging, right, a, right digging down a trench. Well, we've got uh, everyone's on Western Australia here. So a lot of debt going on, right, um, you know, and, uh, you know, the question is, like, you know, how the hell do you get out of that? Well, you know, that's probably uh, probably something for another wine of wisdom another time, Andy. But, you know, is it something for us to be terrified about or is it just what it is? Is it just endemic in, in every single, you know, country in the world and, and it's how, and how, how it rolls right now? Well, in isolation, it's bad. <clears throat> If we were the only country in the world that was raising debt levels in this kind of magnitude, uh, it would be horrific. Mm. Uh, It would be Brazil 20 years ago. Uh, It would be Thailand 40 years ago. Um, And they just went through spiralling inflation, massive deflation. But the reality is that's the whole globe, the whole Western world, including, you know, Asian, China, 
Um, uh, and when I say Asian China, I mean Asia is doing it as well. The Western world, sort of known as you know Europe, UK, so on and so forth. But so that the Western society is doing it, the, the, the Asian population is doing it as well. So there is a everyone's drunk on debt, mm. and I've got lots of theories about it. I almost did a thesis about it when I was going to become an economist, so I could always have a job and never be. <laughs> You dodged a bullet there, brother. <laughs> Maybe you should have stuck with that How one. Freaking easy with that thing. Just rock up and be wrong and just uh, constantly employ. Uh, what a train. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of my theories, it was, uh, it was the thesis that I was writing was the velocity of money and the velocity of debt. Yeah. One of, the, one of the theories within that is that it's quite possible with population growth and economic growth that people actually are born with debt. So you're actually born with a negative ledger mm. and, and part of it, but that's, it's, it's all relative though, right? And what I mean by that is it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to pay back your negative ledger. It just means that that's zero. Yeah, you know, that, that's business, your zero line. That's your zero line. That's exactly right. Yeah, and you yeah. and I talk about it in business yeah, all the yeah, time. You've yeah. got to move your zero line. You've yeah. got to take the, the cash out of the business, yeah. only be working with what you've got, yeah. right? Not what's saved up in, in war chests. And, uh, and sometimes you go into business and you run from a debt balance sheet mm. and you need to run from that. And, and you've got to be aware of it. But sometimes companies will run for a long time with hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of debt yeah. and still do what they need to do. Yeah. But there's many, there's many companies on the planet, though, too, in significant amounts of cash, right? Quite massive. So it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, um, you know, and it's um, time to reset the ledger. Yes, Susanna, it might be interesting to press the button and do a big reset one day. But uh, I do wonder, right? So it's kind of like, you well, know. Ha- that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, some of our. Um, if faith into one of the popes. Yeah. <laughs> some, some of our. <laughs> easy. Sorry. So, some of our favorite businesses we love to talk about. Apple. You know, um, you know, Tesla, Amazon, you know, Microsoft. You you call them the too big to fails. Way too big to fail. And, and I, lo- I love that. You know, sitting on more cash than you could possibly imagine. Mm. So it's not necessarily everywhere and everyone is in terrible debt. Like the the, the cash and the, the spreads just kind of like piled up in certain places, right? So, And that, that'll take a long time yeah. to redistribute. 100%. Yeah, Google as well, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah massive, yeah, yeah. massive. Yeah. And, uh, and they use that for huge acquisitions and yeah. the result of that is that they end up with more cash. Well, that's an interesting thing. You, you and I talk about this all the time, collecting dots and connecting dots. And, um, you know, uh, there's actually a really good TED talk about that, you know, um, there's uh, they like stole our idea. Didn't they? Uh, well, it's an interesting one. I'll send it to you. Unbelievable. We've got to stop. We're going to start governing who's watching. Twelve percent of the companies of the world control eighty-three percent of the wealth of the world. Oh, right? I know where we're going here. So, and so the Rothschilds are at it again, Jason. And it's actually not the Rothschilds. <laughs> um, but what it is, it's this conversation of capitalism has an organising principle. If you're profitable, you end up with lots of money. Uh, money sitting in a bank account. Tell me, folks, uh, cash is, finish that sentence, cash is or money in a bank account is, cash is. Uh, <laughs> you know what? There, there could be a cross-section of, of, of you and me in this. It'll be really interesting <laughs> to have a look because they're not going to line up. <laughs> uh, they, they might not line up, right? Um, so yeah, different, different, different reasons. Different versions different reasons. of the world. Cash is trash, right? Cash is trash. Yeah, so 
So we talk about this for ages. It's like cash is trash. Certainly when interest rates are higher, you put your money in your offset account, it's much better in your offset account than in a savings account, right? So if you're a business and you've got a $100 billion profit sitting there in cash, cash is king. I like that, Nat. Um, there's one yeah, of mine. Yeah, yeah, there's yes. one of Andy's. There's one of Andy's. Yeah. I'll, I'll contextualize yeah. that later because we're in total agreement. Yeah, but yeah, there's different, yeah. there's different, there's different versions. So what do they do with their money? Well, they look uh, to put it to work mm-hmm. over and above a certain amount of liquidity or safety or whatever version of the world you want to have when you talk about business uh, or your own budget or whatever. Shit, that money's not really doing much. Could it be deployed better somewhere else? Yes, it could. All right, I'm going to buy businesses that I think would integrate into this business, mm-hmm. vertical, horizontal integration, or uh, I want to de-risk. I want to de-risk supply chains or whatever it is. So, like so Amazon into healthcare. Yeah, and how? Do, why are they doing that? Because it connects the dots for supply chains or customers or whatever it might be. So it, people like to think it's an evil plan. Aha, Dr. Evil. It's actually just what happens when you've got resources, you've got to deploy them and you go look for assets. So you buy things and you buy other businesses. You buy things with money. That's what you do. <laughs> and you would, think that, you would think that governments would win the game. Because they control the rules. <laughs> hey, it's, well, like, it's like being the bank. Yeah. It's like when you're playing Monopoly at home and you're going to cheat, right? Because you're the bank. <laughs> and then Andy, you did lose. you cheat in Monopoly? Oh, I might have. I might have too. I used, to, I used to be the banker with my brother and sister. And they, to this day, my brother and sister never knew how did he win all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Start with a few extra dollars oh, and mortgage everything to the hill. Yeah. Uh, so they're the bank. So they should always win. In theory, they should always win because they can change the rules to suit themselves. Yeah, they control to a degree the the fiscal policy and 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 how that's distributed around the economy. So you'd think that they would win. So linking all of this back to the the comment about the Reserve Bank, look over here while we do this. Yeah, yeah, is that ultimately we've got people who have proven themselves for multiple generations not to be able to do a, a, a sound job. <laughs> of running the business of the country, now starting to go, well, hang on, one of the, the most minor reasons why this, this country is struggling in various different sectors at the moment, one of the more minor reasons, uh, well, let's go and have a look at you because it must be your fault. It's mm. got to be your fault because yeah. it can't be ours because we're doing shit absolutely perfectly over here. Yeah, yeah. And so I agree. I think it's just going to be a big farce. And so while this is happening, yeah. I think, everyone out there should be doubling down and watching the fiscal policy. And by fiscal policy, I mean, what are they doing with taxes? What are they doing with the rights? Yeah. What are they doing with business? Well, yeah. This is now the greatest chance, and, and you watch, I, I, I'll bet my bottom dollar to it, that this is going to be where they're going to focus a lot of attention over here and they're going to double down on their on their nasties. And, uh, and you, you wait, mate, it, it's going to be coming. They've already started in Queensland. Well, I mean, yeah, you and I talked about that last week. We had a couple of questions about the land tax out of Queensland, you know, the, the Queensland government uh, wanting to bundle properties you own in other states into your land tax calculation. Cheeky, cheeky buggers. Um, so, you know... Um, 
Uh, Bob's already saying that uh, Queensland's putting it up its uh, mining taxes or attempting to anyway. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. And I suppose sometimes it's like if you can't beat them, join them. Hedge on, hedge, hedge your risk in either like, like bank stocks. You know, tell me this. This would be a good question. Interesting. On the fly, you know, which industries or businesses always benefit from um, government, the government's changing rules around taxes? I don't know if there's some one that always does. But usually, usually the banks are usually fairly well off, uh, medium to long term, aren't they? But I guess it depends on who's who's on the uh, the who's pulling the chain, who's, who's pulling. pulling the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it goes back to you know, um, Kerry Packer's comments in the in the ninety one House of Reps, uh, and that and and it goes back to one of the other slides that I have, which I won't bring back up. But um, our new uh, treasurer is now raising taxes on foreign investment. Mm. It's just it's a no, but but here's the thing. So we need foreign investment in the in the country. Arguably, we need more foreign investment. We need more money. Like like we need new businesses. We need money in this country. Like we need like just because and competition. Yeah, competition and uh, competition is great. Not great necessarily for businesses, but that's where evolution comes from. Well, like and, I've, and, I've I've said this a few times with competition, right? In my world, real estate. I say to people, people say, oh. You know, real estate can get cheaper. Well, do you know what? In Australia, <laughs> in Australia, it Australia, can or it can't. Well, well, like it can or whatever. So, like, it, in, in, it's an interesting comment. In my world, it's like it won't in Australia. There are many other places in the world cheaper compared to what? Well, this is the it's the compared to what question, right? right? But you know, I say to people, all right, name a country, name a country. You just just name a big country in the world. A big one? Yep. Uh, I was going to say Italy. Is that big enough? UK. UK. We'll go UK. Go to the UK, right? On the doorstep, literally one boat right away, you have very low uh, labour forces, right? Australia. Perfect example. Yeah. Okay. So Australia does not have, and the Kiwis or the Tasmanians are not um, uh, on the the doorstep, the cheap labour force, I can tell you that. I'm not quite sure how many (laughs) many, many countries we're about to insult here, but let's have a pop at them No, but, you know, like... (laughs) <laughs> Many countries around the world have cheap labour forces attached to them for labour, for labouring work. Yep. Right. In Australia, that's not the case. You know, you can go to America. I was chatting with with some friends online today in America, and they're like, "Oh, we can't get anyone to clean our house." I'm like, "How much do you pay them?" It's like four dollars an hour. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, a cleaner in in Australia is like seventy bucks an hour, and they're like, "What?" You know. Uh, so, so it, it's. It's an interesting conversation, and it's not a derogative one or, or an offensive one. No, well, this, this is know? how Brexit yeah. uh, <clears throat> arguably got across the, the line, yeah. right? Uh, because Brexit was a lot of people jumping up. Maybe we should switch to the rosé. We're going on to the rosé, folks. Two types of wine yeah. tonight, yeah. Uh, both, from, uh, both from Barossa. This one's served cold, uh, not slushy. <laughs> but, uh, but so – and um, – yeah, got very close to the Polish heritage, and uh, so there was a in the UK there was a lot of Poles who would come over and work cheaper as doctors, dentists, plumbers, yep. arbitrage, builders, make more they, money where, where from where they lived, make a lot more money, yep. better quality of lifestyle, willing yep. to work harder, yep. longer, all of those sorts of things. Yeah, and that's good. That's efficient, right? Like if you because. It certainly in my industry, in in the financial advising industry, I have a firm belief. That what happened is our industry got fat, lazy, and greedy. Mm. They 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 stopped thinking of how to innovate. They just had it too good for too long. 
And that's true. That's true. Yeah. And but going in and legislating is not not the way of solving the problem. Creating healthy competition, that's an incredible way of, of being able to change. Well, things. it's so much healthier for a free market to find momentum. To find momentum. Because as consumers, we want good things. We want to be treated well for the right price and so on. And when you legislate and it stops that, it bloody ruins it ruins provision of stuff. And like Uncle yeah. Kerry says, we can't work here, so yeah. why will we bother? Yeah. And 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 offshore investment <clears throat> moves away. Yeah. Or finds ways of being able to work here without paying here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so this this is the problem. And so while they're showing you the the RBA, yeah. look everywhere else. Great investment decisions, and I know that we've, we've spent a long time sort of bouncing around this, but I reckon this is a massive, massive, massive theme for the next 12 months. Look at what the government are doing, not what they're saying. Yeah. It's almost the reverse of Gary V, or the same of Gary V. you know. Look at what I'm doing, not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I don't know if mine's doing that. Well, let me see if I can reconnect mine, Andy. But, you know, it was top, my, uh, my little conversation today was going to be sort of tying into um, what uh, what we were talking about a moment ago, which was the, you know, um, some of the the jobs, employment, people, whatever it might be, skilled labour. I can see if I can make mine work here. Are we working? Oh yeah, it's back on. Let's yeah, see how we go, folks. We're back. Yeah, um, we're not used to doing this together. Well, it's it's uh, the the tech's a little bit different, isn't it? So here we go. Um, so you know, uh, lowest unemployment in forty eight years, Andy. You know, we've got uh, 48 years. 48 years. 48 years. There you go. Is that? That's a long time. No. No. No, one more no. year, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as old as me. Almost as old as me. So, um, I was about to say, you started the trend. <laughs> right at the pointy end of this. But the, the point is, I think I, I shared this uh, not so long ago, um, you know, about the idea. Oh, you know, let's see how we go here. Yeah. Let's see if we can get some skilled labour into the country. You yes. know, um, Australia's population policy has been for a long time, uh, you know, people from overseas. We, we haven't been reproducing at the rate we should, Andy. And, and, <laughs> and also, it's about look how well we've done. Unemployment's the lowest it's ever been. Yeah. Well, because you don't have anybody coming across There's the There's nobody coming. And... And to be honest, it's only filling the the demand of the existing business. Where's the future? Where's the innovation? Where's the the new business? Like you know, well, it's it's strangling. It actually strangles. Yeah, because, because what ends up happening is if if you're in a growth business, you need more people, generally, right? And you need more people within that specific field of which you're in. And you would invest money. You would you would you would invest money. You wouldn't sit yeah. on it. Education yep. of those yep. people. More yep. money flying around the system. Yep. More taxes that get paid by by the by the employer for the people. But limiting that intake of people in order to satisfy a low and allegedly satisfy a low unemployment rate. Stupid, right? Celebrating low unemployment, like everything, anything to its extreme is unhealthy. Mm. And low unemployment is extraordinarily unhealthy because. All of a sudden, then businesses go, well, if we can't find people in Australia, we have to find another way of doing it somewhere else. Pushes pushes money offshore. Out of Australia. Th- that's what happens. But also, too, what, uh, what happens is 
now on the, the pendulum swings the other way is let's say the quality and let's say quantity of people you need, you end up having to pay more uh, for potentially less. And to make that business work, you have to pass on those expenses and that fuels uh, inflation and other things as well. So it's kind of this like, you know, you know, um, yeah, and university is expensive. And it's an interesting one. Alison brings up a few points. I was going to sort of say there's been some studies around um, around the world. Australia is one of the worst places in the world for wealth being locked up in real estate. Um, and um, what, one of the major... Because of our taxes, Jason. Yes, well, maybe it could be, Andy. So the longer you own a piece of real estate, the less, uh, well, well, the less reason you have to sell it. The, the, the less debt, the more capital value it goes up. You're going, I'm not selling this bloody thing ever in my entire life because of the capital gains tax I would pay. So can I tell you an interesting story? Yeah. 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> not a client of mine, but I know of multiple people who own uh, dwellings of over $10 million in value each and get the age pension. Yeah, yeah. They can't sell because it's hit a capital gains tax event at some point, yeah, right, which means that it's now within the capital because normally a principal place of residence you can sell without it. Yes. But they've hit or they've been in trusts and so they can't sell the mm. asset because you sell that $10 million asset, you've got, you know, five, four or $5 million worth of um, capital gains tax to pay on it. Yeah. So what ends up happening is it sits. It sits. It stores the wealth. It well, doesn't move. Well, it decays wealth, Andy, mm. because, I mean, you both you and I know, like, Things that stop water, you know, our minds, our bodies, money, when it stops moving and the trickle f- slows down, it deteriorates, it deteriorates and, and devalues, right? So, yep. So for, for many of us, you know, we want to buy some properties to create a passive income. We talk about that all the time, highest to best use, accelerate that real estate, unlock the equity, move it forward, whatever it might be. When it becomes... 10, 12, 15, $20 million assets, you know, and the return on it is nothing. Um, and, you know, if you could unlock that, if someone could unlock it without the tax, they would unlock it and that put it in each other. Well, it's that an interesting conversation, Andy, oh, you know. <laughs> but, you know, there you go. Well, so to legislate to stop people from being able to do that because that could be irresponsible. Yes. Well, uh, what was irresponsible the other day is <laughs> I went and made some gin. Anyway, that's where I found out where Dutch Courage from came from, folks, anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did wonder what, what yours was. Uh, yeah. Gin serene. Gin serene. Gin serene. Glycerine. Gin. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, um, uh, somebody thought my uh, Shay's one was adventure urine. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But uh, interesting. I, I might chuck a few of the real estate things out there, folks. Um, what we're seeing is the first conversations around the slowing down of uh, the construction challenges, Andy. Oh, um, isn't that funny? Because the government only actually just starting to address uh, the beginning they only, of they, they, they only start to notice uh, what is happening is those the the, the massive amount of construction boom uh, is moving through the the pipeline. It's not making construction any cheaper. It's not it's not happening any faster. But what's happening um, uh, for the first time in in a while is new starts. Construction starts are now going down rather than up. Uh, and, um, you know, the tradies, early warning signs or early messages for for my world, the, the construction world, the real estate world, 
you know, where you're laying a concrete slab for a single property, yep. you know, that uh, the, the concreters are, have got a little bit more work capacity than they did six months ago because they're the first thing they've kind of moved through and now they're coming back again. So what we're going to see is we're going to see a little bit, maybe another six more months of kind of depending on where you are with construction, uh, single single construction is different to multi-density construction, by the way, folks. What's the difference? Because there's single construction, there's multi-density, then there's... Uh, well, it's kind of... Multi, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's above three stories and below three stories. Oh. It, there, there is kind of a medium between three and, and eight stories, but call it like... Call it a, tower, a house or a townhouse. Kind of they can be between one and three stories high. To, and so different licensing, different supply chains, different materials often... Um, you know, and so what, what's the co-relationship between the two then? So uh, we're well, saying that the single dwelling is is slowing down, or the the single dwelling is slowing down because they turn over faster, right? Like you, you, often you can build a single dwelling in like twelve weeks to on a forty weeks. Put it in the chat if you've seen something done <laughs> in forty weeks. <laughs> well, weeks, not right? not of recent yeah. times, but uh, you know, um, you know, sixteen weeks, twelve weeks. Used we've had yeah. we've had houses yeah. built in Queensland. But the point is that big, you can see it here, folks, right right there. Uh, I can draw that. You know, that, that, that big chunk there now is moving through the pipeline uh, and uh, you, you'll start to see in the next six months and it, this that, a, that unlock a little bit. And this is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's not necessarily a great thing for, for the, uh, for the, uh, the concreters because they can't keep charging more and more and more. Well, their prices have gone up. Yeah, but that and but this is you know an equalizing force. Yeah, you know, there's 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 positive positive and negative in in all of these things. It's like efficient markets. Yeah, right. It, it can't always be subsidized. It can't always be scarce because otherwise it gets out of control. The, the cost of building a new house, freestanding house, has gone up about eighty thousand uh, dollars over two years. Eighty thousand dollars. What's yeah. the average price of a house? You're probably looking at three eighty now. Of, yeah, average of, build. of a of a regular everyday house, maybe the maybe the medium quality, certainly not a high quality. God, that's almost thirty percent. Yeah, it's a good chunk. Yeah. It used to be sort of two forty to you know through early three hundreds. Kind of you could get something medium quality, depending on the size you built. You know, one eighty to two hundred square meters, two twenty. Yeah. So now you're sort of your top end of three hundred. So yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you're looking at a decent chunk, but. It, Again, um, you know, it depends on what, what, what you're building and where you're building it and how flat the land is and, you know, th there's quite a lot of variables but in that sort average, of stuff. On, on the, the average. average yeah. yeah, it'll be under 400, between 350 and 400 for a regular kind of 200-square-metre house yep. uh, in most places in Australia. Maybe a bit cheaper in Victoria, maybe a bit more expensive in Queensland at the moment. Cheaper so, in Victoria? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, yeah, a little bit cheaper in Victoria. Well, I mean, I think the supply down there has been less constrained, uh, and just a, a bigger population base for tradies and stuff like that. Yeah. Where in Queensland, you know, the same amount of sales, but to deliver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we had a fifty thousand uh, interstate population migration as well, so you know that that really affected real estate. Well, they they, they raised the uh, the taxes, so they're looking at pushing them back <laughs> across the border. Right? Well, they're far out. There's, 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 anyway. you, you can come to Queensland, <laughs> but you can't own that property. No, in well, you get your ass yeah, yeah, down there. We'll tax you for it. You need to get rid of it. You need <laughs> to get rid of it. Um, you know, along the way. So, 
you know, um, in our world, in my world, you know, plenty going on. Uh, I did. There was a question. I thought we might try and answer some questions before we sign off tonight, Andy. Let's shoot. Uh, we did have. A, I did have a question here. Uh, Aaron. Aaron had a question. What are your thoughts on the Perth property market within the 10K? Um, uh, well, well, this I mean, is interesting. Yeah, Aaron. I mean, uh, I think. Listen, I think Perth's an actual like we're back in the Perth market again for the first time in nine years. Uh, it's um, second highest incomes in Australia. Uh, it's the highest rental yield of a capital city in Australia at the moment. Not allowed out. Uh, well, and, and I think, you know, the lockdown, Andy, um, disadvantaged Perth um, or the lockout, not lockdown, you couldn't go into the state at all. No one could go in, no one could leave. Labor prices yep. went up through the roof. Yeah. So, you know, it got a bit isolated. The east coast of Australia got all the attention. You, It really was, it ran from south to, to north, you know, Victoria, hey, we're out of here. You know, New South Wales sort of float up to Queensland. Um, you know, thank you for being subtle. Well, and interestingly, um, actually, more people left New South Wales and moved to Queensland than they did uh, from Victoria. Most Victorians just moved to regional Victoria. They didn't leave the state. Funnily enough. Well, we don't want to have to do No, that. well, you know. Because then we have to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. know the difference. <laughs> you feel like a moron uh, when you go to a pub. So, you know, it, that, 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 that's actually an interesting one, I thought. So, but um, if you think about it, um, come in. We've got a guest here. Yeah, there we go, Josh. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, the, um, the Western Australian marketplace I'm actually, I, I quite like the West Australian marketplace. It's always been a really good place. It's, it's, it's red, volatile. Uh, it can be attached to the mining market and can go up and down with the mining market. So but There's something you know, to be said about that, though, is, 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 yeah. is potentially don't, well, my take on it would be, I, I love consistently volatile things. Yeah. Where not short-term volatility, but long-term seasonal trends where it goes quite negative for a period of time. Yeah, but yeah you can see when things start to change. So you can take a bit of an educated bet on it. Well, I think, you know, you talked about it earlier tonight, which was the idea of quality, flight to quality. Any market, any real estate market anywhere, if you're going to buy something quality, and I'm going to circle around to Aaron right now and say, Aaron, you know, if this, where's the quality in this piece of real estate, right? Mm. So, you know, um, it sounds inexpensive, Aaron, but a two-bedroom one bathroom duplex, um, you know, I would I would say, Aaron, that would be in the bottom end of the the quality end of town, Aaron. Um, so, you know, is that what you can afford, Aaron, or that was is that what you just found? Um, so, you know, I would say, um, you know, depending ten k from the CBD, good sounds like it's good distance, et cetera, et cetera. But what's the quality of real estate, Aaron? In, in that price point? Because we had a lot of players that operated in the investment market of, uh, of uh, residential real estate in WA. Mm. We, uh, my businesses and, and what I was affiliate, we didn't touch it, but it was it was going berserk. It was like 38% per annum. Uh, when was this, back in the day? Back in the day. Back in the day, in early the day. 2000s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the days of the Cowboys. And um, uh, 
And I remember going over there and looking at it and I was just eyeballing it. And, and, and so they started putting up, so I think it's about 15 minutes out of Perth on the uh, west side of the main highway. Hmm. And all of a sudden it goes from more open blocks to literally places where the gutters almost overlap onto each other. And so that, that just got built out and mm-hmm. there was a huge amount of property sold in those areas and they were sold for the same prices of stuff that was sort of a little bit inland from Scarborough, a little bit further back from the beach, but a, a, a shittier house, but yeah. not a brand new house. bit better location though. Yeah. Ten times yeah. better location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less volume of it available. Mm. You wouldn't get the brand new sort of feels of the house. But the difference between the two of those bits of real estate now, I, over this period of time, yeah. is I, I knew people who bought both around about five hundred thousand for each. One is now worth about two point five, yeah. and the other one is actually worth three hundred and eighty. Mm. So one hundred and twenty thousand dollars difference. Yeah. So that that quality versus. And and I didn't understand it at the time. I was yeah. kind of looking at it. Like, I don't get this. I and, actually don't get this. And often you've got to be careful of the quality of the property is not necessarily the quality that we're talking about, right? The quality of the location, flight to quality, walk score, amenities, beach, whatever it might be, you know. Schools. So, yeah, schools, those Hospitals, sorts of things, yeah. yeah. But if you can do the trifecta, quality location, quality dwelling, quality amenities surrounding you know, boom, boom, boom. But that's, you know? that's the difference yeah. between because when markets run, people, everybody's into it. Yeah. And there's there's a million people operating. The momentum. Everyone's a stockbroker <laughs> just before the GFC. <laughs> and every cab driver I ever got in, oh, yeah, you, have, you, have you been? It wasn't. Ah, back uh, we used to uh, say that. Like if the cabbie starts giving you property advice, get out. Get out. <laughs> Get out, like leave. <laughs> You're in the wrong place. Uh, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I quite like Perth. I actually, I've, I've owned and bought and sold a bunch of properties in Perth. I shouldn't have sold them, but um, that was a long time ago, 22, 23 years ago. Um, I, I'm a fan of Perth. Uh, out of the three cities that we like the idea of, you know, where Melbourne and Brisbane are the two main right now. Sydney is a city that's out of reach from a real estate point of view for most investors. So you'd be Western Sydney, you'd be Newcastle, you'd probably be Wollongong or something like that. So, you know, um, Perth and Adelaide are, you know, third and fourth choices. Well, you're um, going to get that kind of volatility that you can, you're not going to get in capital cities, right? Yeah. Or I guess it is a capital the, city. The, so the, big, a the bigger towns. Well, uh, it, it gets affected by mining a lot. And it, so, uh, I mean, in some that's why I see it as a good thing. Because from a stock perspective, I go, well, BHP, Rio, uh, you go to Twiggy. Like, these guys have their peaks and troughs. Yeah. Right? But you don't stop betting on BHP. No. When it goes down, you go, great. Let's get in. Buy in. Yeah, yep. and let's just keep going as it keeps going down unless you believe that mining and resources are, are not going to be valuable yeah, for modern yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, you know, because the market acts very quickly to this information, stock market ta- uh, happens quickly, real yep. estate markets take time yep. to, to sort of gather that momentum. But to me, I actually see these as good opportunities. I don't know, but I go, well, yeah, commodity prices rising, great prospects at the moment for various different types of mining resource sectors, also challenging headwinds. But if you kind of put that as a, uh, if they start to get, like have a, a high degree 
uh, a desire for labor force to move into these places and mm. i can't tell you exactly what it is i know that you'll probably guess but i've got uh i've got clients right now that um flat out buying property that i will advise on yeah because there's just no accommodation in and around the businesses mm. that they need to put people into yeah yeah and they're getting ridiculous rental returns you're getting like but the caveat is that these people own the businesses. <laughs> well, so, and, they, and they can, and they would have to pay for people to stay in a, a, a hotel, which would be three times as much. They might as well buy an asset that they can house their own team in. If it know? lasts for two years, yeah. the cost increase to the business will pay for the property. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's only so long that that sort of stuff can last. Well, you know, Andy, that was that town was one of the first towns that yeah, I actually well, started. I know the town. I know the town. <laughs> I have uh, I have helped people buy probably nearly every property in that town that's ever been sold. Mate, you can get into a great <laughs> pub in that town. I developed I developed thirteen townhouses on a on a on a street called Dugan Street. Somebody by the say way, that was unlucky. 256 Dugan Street. You can check it out. I'm not going to tell you what the town is, folks. You might be able to find out. Uh, and I never visited. Never visited. No. Bought it, developed it, sold it, made a million dollars in this town. Interesting. Million dollars. <laughs> uh, there you go. Anyway. Um, Bob. Bob. Hopefully that answered your question. Bob. Bob. Oh, Tamworth. Actually, I did. Tam hey, Bob, I bought. A block of fifth. Oh, Aaron's question. I beg your pardon. I, I I bought a block of fifteen townhouses in a place called Moree, close to Tamworth. Uh, I strata titled them. I renovated them. Again, I, I just made over a million bucks in Moree on a. Um, and do you know what happened, Andy? I kept four of them. Um, I tried to rent them out, and the local agents, because I made money, um, refused to rent my properties for me. <laughs> This was this was eighteen oh, 16 years ago. This is what happened to the wild wild west. Mate, it was a, it was interesting. Anyway, anyway, there you go. A few a few of these little things. Tamworth, not a bad little town actually. I like Tamworth, Bob. Mm. Yep, it's a good town. We did a subdivision in Tamworth. I can't remember the street now. Actually, I remember selling houses in Tamworth for one hundred eighty five grand. I actually remember back oh. in my day, folks. God, was just <laughs> You're getting that. me started now. No, I'm not kidding. This is not a lie. This is not bullshit. I bought a property in a place called Moree for nineteen thousand dollars, Andy. Nineteen grand. Actually, Are you I actually no, no. This, this is when I first started out in two thousand and two, right? Wow. And um, I actually took the money out of my credit card because I had a twenty thousand dollar credit card limit, and I took the money out of my credit card and I bought bought the house. Wow. <laughs> what was the interest rate on the credit card? Eleven uh, percent. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 11%. Wow, that's unbelievable. The interest go. rates, the cash rate was higher. Yeah. The interest rate was lower. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mate, the, it wasn't that long ago that real estate was insanely cheap. I've, uh, yeah, what would it be worth now, Adrian? It'd be interesting, actually. I, I might go back and actually check a few of these because I reckon, actually don't reckon they'd be worth a lot more than, not significantly, but they'd still be worth more than I've paid them paid for them, I reckon. Um, what we need is inflation adjusted returns. Well it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be interesting. Yeah, it's just 
Jason's gone into dreamland. He's oh, I'm off. I'm off he's, the ferry. He's gone. He's you know what? Pain and he, he's doing site visits right now. But I, I think I've asked you this before, folks. Maybe we'll use this as the wind-up question for tonight. What number one thing? What was the one thing, Andy, that um, uh, that changed the real estate market in Australia forever? Forever. It was. It was so regionalized. It wasn't funny. And then all of a sudden, it was nationalized. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it. But, folks, chuck that it in the chat. Globalized. Uh, it was globalized. Yeah, chuck it in the chat. What What was this one innovation that happened to Australian real estate? And it happened in two thousand and three. The The innovation cr- was created. I know the answer. Uh, and it wasn't positive real estate, by the way. We started in two thousand and three. Just so you know. Well, it's, it's almost <laughs> uh, it's almost twenty years, uh, now, isn't it? It's It's going to be twenty years soon. Uh, John, it wasn't foreign investment. Boom, Alison knows this one. Realestate.com started, folks, in 2003 in Australia. And what that did, Adrian's on it as well, it, it, it allowed It the... almost made it a legitimate investment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it increased the speed of information about the real estate market and you could sit at home and you could research any market you wanted to in Australia and you could go... If I had 500 grand, would I buy that one or that one? And the that one or that one was way more now than your local newspaper. It now became the whole of Australia. So you went from, I live in the Mornington Peninsula, I buy the newspaper, and maybe, just maybe you you might look at the real estate ads in Melbourne, maybe, right? That was the maximum you would look at. Now you could look at the whole of Australia and go, holy shit, my 500 grand gets me that there, I'm buying that. I know an advisor uh, who is a bit of a mentor of mine. Uh, I, I like to, to learn from people who are far smarter than me because it stops me from having to learn. <laughs> um, I like that, man. Make yeah. new mistakes. Don't make the same ones. And I love what because I, I, he was real estate, right? Um, and that's very rare for an advisor, you know, a financial. It is advisor. very rare. Yeah, yeah. He's he's great. You know him. Uh, we won't mention his name. Uh, had well over a billion dollars of funds under management, which is huge, huge, big money. And it, it only just came to me how genius what he used to do was, because this didn't exist. Mm. And he said one of the things I used to do, and I'd get the paper every weekend, and I knew where all my clients lived. They were all because it was all geographically located he yeah. had clients within a certain region and he'd highlight the certain areas and he'd go jace just so you know your house went up by about 10 percent last week and so he was he before realestate.com one mm. of the things that he used to do is he'd sit down with his coffee every weekend he'd go through the newspaper he'd slice it out and it had his client segmented on the database and he'd go just just as a bit of information your property went up by x this week and so he was doing that information for his clients and his clients felt good about it because yeah. they felt like they had some sort of idea. I didn't really click to me just how powerful what he used to do was until I joined the dot with that just then. Mm. So up until then, people had no idea what their property was worth. No idea. Unless they looked in the paper and sort of saw what it went for on the weekend, yep. which how many people would do. But in my world, that happens every single day. That happens to the second. And and that's the interesting thing. Maybe we'll put a little pin in this and this one. Like I actually think there'll be a – there is – 
gonna check myself on this one to be honest. What, what, like what? like the speed of information doesn't mean quality. No, no, it doesn't mean quality, right? And um, I, and you know, I, I might even put a pin in this to say let's. I'm gonna think about it for a week or two, and, and we'll come back to it because. Let me give you an anecdote. Yeah, what you're, you're yeah. Thinking about is because we use uh, investment managers and very specialist uh, people in the in the market to manage our share portfolios for our clients, right? Um, because they're li- looking at it every second of the day. They've got analysts looking at everything. But I still have uh, structural overlay. And so what we call them are satellites. Mm. And we'll put 10%. And at the moment, we've got about 30% deployed in what I call my satellites. And my satellites are always in non-daily uh, listed investments. And mm. what I mean by that is they cannot be priced daily. Yeah. And the yeah, beauty pricing about daily, not being able to be priced daily means that you, it, the the emotion goes out of the market. The psychology. If you, if you can't sell it daily, yeah, yeah, then what's the point in pricing it daily? Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, what's the difference in the value of Google yesterday as opposed to the value of Google today? Well, only what the emotion of the market has done based off opinion, feeling, stuff that's non tangible. Uh, yeah. But on the 10-year trajectory, I can guarantee it's going to be, where's the thing? It's going to be like that. Yeah. Depending on which way that is, I'm not quite sure. But <laughs> it's going to be up, a, up folks, up. It, and yeah. if you get out the noise in between there, yeah. and I think that this is where investors, especially in our game, just get so lost. Oh, totally. The game isn't a game of day-to-day. The game isn't a game of month-to-month. The day-to-day and the month-to-month is in the practices that you put money into the market, the practices that you save money, the, the diligent routines that you go through in business. Yeah. The trajectory of the investment game is always the same. Well, it, it reminds me of um, actually one of my first ever wealth mentors, um, uh, a guy called John Burley, and he said, you've got to have an automatic acquisition plan. Uh, uh, not acquisition, investment plan. I, I augmented to acquisition. Um, he said, every month you put 10% of what you earn into investment. And he goes, doesn't matter what's going on outside, whether the sun's out, whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, no matter, every month. It's like so, exercise. Yep. So the compounding effect of that over 20 years compared to every day going, it's up, it's down, it's up, should I buy, should I sell, should I, like, like wasted time, energy. You've got better things to do with your life, you know. Um, and if you're backing understandable rational assets that you that you understand and 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 can get you know i i love real estate because it's so so understandable you love the the bigger conversations in and around that and then you have some edgy stuff on the edges for your investing you know but the same thing is true when whenever i speak to investment managers the ones that i stick with are the ones who don't try and tell me about their latest wins Mm, yeah because everybody who talks to me about the latest wins is like the fisherman who just caught the biggest fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear about the uh, the seven weeks that he sat out in the one hole and never got the single thing. Mate, he, he, he ate once once in the last four months one big fish and the other the other the other times he hasn't caught anything. And the the I guess you know my opinion it for this side. Oh, is that'd be a good investment book. The biggest fish. The biggest fish. <laughs> oh, there'd be some great stories, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It's this big, oh, you know. But so you know what? what one fish a day would keep you very, 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 very well, well off, you know. And the most successful people that that I've met uh, in life and investing and uh, in business 
And the people who do those very, very yeah. simple things pragmatically, yeah. constantly over time, they understand that there's noise. Sometimes you might hold back and you might be a little bit less bullish, but the, the general theme is, is that you're constantly in the game. Because the moment you sideline yourself and you think that you can play the game based on entering it when is appropriate, it doesn't happen in sports. They didn't have Michael Jordan. They just go, you know what, we'll put him in in those seconds because that's where yeah. we're going to get. No, yeah. he was on the field the whole time. The whole time. And, that, and when you look at the greatest sports stars in the world, when you look at the greatest businessmen, the greatest investors in the world, it's, it's consistency of time in, on the court. Yeah, It's not when they went on. I don't know a single field where that has been a successful strategy, not anywhere in life. Because if it were that easy, mate. Roll me out just once just, or twice. Just introduce <laughs> me to the person and I'll go and live in the Bahamas for the rest of my life and we'll shoot this from over there. Uh, well, maybe that could be a plan a bit later on, my friend, but Done. nice to hang out with you. Good to see you, mate. Folks, fantastic to hang out with you guys. Let, let us know. Should we never do this ever again uh, <laughs> in person or, or should we uh, should we... Should we give it a crack a little well, bit? Well, you know, I think we got a bit spicy this evening. Anyway, you know, like it's always nice to um, hear from you guys about what. Uh, We've got the uh, the nine popes, not eight, not nine, seven, nine, yeah, nine, nine popes. I don't know how nine yeah. came about, but anyway. The story we, of it. Um, I'm sorry, can't use that joke now. It's still, <laughs> still not appropriate. It's a little bit later on. Oh, and the other ones. They're both over my side, Jason. Don't know how um, that happened. Now, I bought this. This is interesting. I. I'll tell you quickly before we finish up. Have a this fruit. Alagante Boucher. Um, my wife likes uh, the rosé, so uh, I thought I'll buy her some of that because I was away on a little uh, jaunt with uh, Sammy Sagers down at the uh, down at the Barossa. I think I ended up buying five cartons of this, folks. Uh, like it was a, a few thousand dollars worth of rosé. I don't know how I ended up buying it, but it was at the end of my wine buying tour. It's not too bad, Fenton. What do you reckon? I've got a lot of bottles of it that I've got to drink. <laughs> so let's anyway. Let, anyway, did, did anybody? Uh, and if you're still on, uh, whack your name in there so we can go back through the chat. Just have a have a quick look. Uh, we, we better screenshot the, uh, uh, the oh, deck yeah. clock. Yeah, quick, do the deck clock, Fenton. The deck clock. The deck clock. Where did we end up? All right, we'll, we'll do. So there was a, there was a couple of people in here for the deck clock. Um, do you want to go to you, Fenton's? Fenton's iPad. It was eight trillion. Uh, it is now. Eight oh look, trillion. Alison, eight five nine. That was so close, Alison. Eight, eight five nine. Eight five. Eight five one nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty close. I think Alison was. I think Alison was pretty close. Eight five. Oh, Chris was pretty close. Oh, geez, nine eight. Is... What do you think? There was three of them. We might have to take a bit of a screenshot. On this. Screenshot. Oh, I'm going to screenshot this. You yep, screenshot yep. the others. That, that I'll, I'll try and get it. <laughs> Mate, it's, uh, it's a control shift. Of, uh... There we go. All right. We're, we might have to announce this next week, folks. We will, and uh, we'll send you one of the nine popes. All right. There we go. Oh, I don't. Anyway, there you go. Anyway, well, Fenton, I think Fenton. we I think we're done. <laughs> we're, well, we're well over time. Well over time. Well but anyway, time. thanks for hanging out with us, folks. I think we wrapped it on a bit. Two bottles of wine. Not finished yet. And, and in decent glasses as well. Yeah, have you heard yep. them chink? It's not like... <laughs> no, no, plastic, plastic. no plastic. No plastic here today. No. 
Well, folks, uh, thank you very much for hanging out with us, mate. Uh, as always, fantastic to uh, hear your wisdom and your over friend. some glasses of wine. Appreciate it. And uh, I think, folks, well, it's a good night from him. It's a good night from me. Good night. Good night. Good night.